The book of the Acts of the Apostles, part 9. In our last meeting, we discussed the second consideration for our understanding and appreciating what the Acts of the Apostles is all about. This second consideration is the connectivity or link between the resurrected Christ and those he sends out to do his work and by implication, the church. We saw that this connectivity or link is the Holy Spirit who plays a very active role in seeing that the work of God continues to be done as it ought to, communicating heaven's instructions and commands to us, enabling and empowering us to do the work of God and himself being actively involved in our lives so as to do the work of God himself through us. Sadly, many believers in Christ live like the Holy Spirit is either passive or even altogether non-existent, implying that Christians have been left to fend for themselves and to do their own devices contrary to the teachings of Scripture. The result of such a perception and manner of living is that for such individuals to do the work of God, they erroneously believe that they need their own strength, their intellect, their resources, their political contacts, upwardly mobile congregations, and so on. And with their own understanding. This leaves them seriously frustrated and makes them turn to satanic, occultic powers which enables them to perform lying wonders and engage in other unscriptural practices and thus becoming agents of Satan, knowingly or unknowingly, and destined for eternal destruction. That will not be a portion in Jesus' name. Amen. It is therefore crucial that we understand that the Holy Spirit has always been a very vital part of the Godhead and was involved and engaged in the work of God from the very beginning, from creation onwards, even including the conception, ministry, death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is so crucial to the work of God that if he is not actively involved in the work of God, which is being done by anyone, such a work counts for nothing and attracts no positive reward in eternity. It is simply dead works. In the New Testament era, it was the Holy Spirit who birthed the church on the day of Pentecost. Indeed, in the absence of the Holy Spirit, there can be no church, only a club or a cult. Also, the Holy Spirit helps believers in Christ to pray as they ought to, appoints those heaven has called to their field of service, and directs them to where to go and who to go to. And he convicts and convinces sinners of their sinfulness with a view to bringing them to repentance. Indeed, the Holy Spirit, as our connectivity to heaven, is actively involved and engaged in the work of God here on earth. So much so that the Acts of the Apostles can be referred to as the Acts of the Holy Spirit by the hand of the Apostles. And hence, the work of God in our own hands is essentially the Acts of the Holy Spirit by our hands. So we'll take our scripture texts. Acts chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 and Second Peter chapter 2 from verse 1 through to verse 3. Acts 1 from verse 1 through to verse 2. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Then let's go to Second Peter chapter 2 and read from verse 1 to verse 3. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you 
who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the word of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, having established the pivotal role that the Holy Spirit plays in the work of God by the hands of those who have been called, chosen, sanctified, and sent to do God's work, we must emphasize the very present danger of copycats seeking to mimic the Holy Spirit and bring confusion into the body of Christ. Our second scripture text, that is 2 Peter chapter 2, 1-3, points out the Holy Spirit's concern about the activities of false teachers, which necessarily include false apostles, false prophets, false evangelists, false pastors, and false churches. If we take our time to look at the, 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 this, this second verse, or this second uh, text, we will see that Peter, this, is, this, this was Peter's last letter, and he was about to be executed, to be crucified. And he, he warned, he said, as there were false prophets in those days, because you remember their own Bible was what now? The Old Testament. So as there were false prophets, there will be false teachers. They will secretly, you won't know when they you know, sneak in, they will bring in destructive heresies. They will preach messages that will bring destruction not only to your soul, but also the body of Christ. They will even deny the Lord. Who bought them? Who are these false teachers? They used to be believers. They were born again. But they allowed some things to happen. And these things they are doing will bring them to swift destruction. But more than what these false prophets' activities are, is what will happen to the listeners. He says, and many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. The word of God, the way that Jesus has charted for us, is, is being blasphemed daily. In verse 3, it tells us what they will use. It says, by covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. They look at how covetous you are in your heart. Which is why we have been talking, speaking about um, the issue of killing the flesh and developing the divine nature. But when they find that there is still covetousness in your life, they will use that to deceive you into getting involved in, other, in, in, in the all manner of things. Many people are flooding some churches, which I would only describe as false churches. Because they, they rarely speak about Christ. They rarely speak about His Word. All they talk about is how you are going to make money. What do you think they are, they are playing on there? The, the covetousness that is in man. Some even go and devise and tell you that, look, we can protect you from, from, from satanic attacks. Where, where is that in the scriptures? Each one of us must put on the whole armor of God. That's how we're able to stand in the evil day. It says for a long time their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. So we want to discuss today, still discussing connectivity, understanding the acts of the apostles, false claims of connectivity. False claims of connectivity. Very many people claiming to have noble intentions to serve God have found themselves on the wrong side of the work of God, engaging in satanic and occultic practices because doing the work of God requires more than just having noble intentions. As we have seen, the work of God is about having the right connectivity to God, the active involvement of the Holy Spirit in the lives of those sent by God 
and in the work they are engaged in. Brethren, if a man refuses the Holy Spirit, he is going to engage in occultic practices. He's going to have himself involved in satanic practices. It's as simple as that. And there are so many young people today who will do anything to be thus engaged. Just because, I don't know, I don't know the, this craze about having so many people fill a, a, a building. That is not the church. Praise the name of the Lord. Yet, there are those who claim to be doing the work of God, but who are without any connectivity or link to heaven. Neither does their work emanate from Christ, nor are they engaged in true spiritual work. I want us to understand the way I use connectivity here. Even though we call it connectivity, we don't want to lose the import of the function of the Holy Spirit as we are discussing, right? Do you understand? Those with us meant more than just this. But we want to lay emphasis on the fact that He is our connection to heaven. So when I use connectivity, I'm speaking about the Holy Spirit. Any connectivity that's not the Holy Spirit is a false claim to connectivity. Because that's what they claim. The Spirit of God said to me, the Spirit of God said to me, but it's a false claim. It is therefore crucial that we do not take at face value everyone who is engaging in what may seem to be the work of God, but which is from Satan. Indeed, we need to be aware of any non-existent connectivity masquerading as the Holy Spirit so that we don't become false ministers and false brethren in false churches spewing out false doctrines. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. So, we want to begin by looking at Jude from verse 3 to verse 19. Jude wrote only one chapter. And when we look at what he wrote, we would see that he wanted to write something else. But this issue of false prophets, false teachers, false ministers, false doctrines became so strong, he had to abandon what he wanted to write, which would have been useful to us. But he had to deal with a more useful matter. A, 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 a very, very burning issue in his heart. So let's read from verse 3 of Jude. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. The word of God that was sent to us, when we allow people to falsely interpret it, People to lay claim to an anointing that does not exist. People to tell us that this is the word of God. And we keep quiet. We are losing the fight against establishing the faith that Christ committed into our hands. In verse 4. For certain men have crept in unnoticed. They came in unnoticed. Who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness. And denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Some of them may not openly deny the Lord. But by their very conduct, by their very act, they deny the Lord. When a pastor is teaching a young girl to dress seductively so that she can get a husband, that fellow is denying the Lord Christ. To, to stand for Christ means that we are going to allow the Spirit of God to do what needs to be done. In verse 5 he says, But I want to remind you though, you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, Afterward, destroyed those who did not believe. What is this saying? Once saved, always saved. Be careful. I want to remind you. Some people were saved from Egypt, but they were destroyed in the wilderness. They never got to the promised land. We have a land of promise. What's the land of promise for us? Heaven. We are in the wilderness. We will not be destroyed in this wilderness in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 6. And the angels 
who did not keep their proper domain. It says not only Israel, but even angels that left their own abode. He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. He's talking here about angels who left their estate and came to be marrying, to be sleeping with uh, the, the, the daughters of men and giving back to all kinds of things. They, they are already chained down. And then of course he goes on to say, and as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth, strange flesh, they are talking of homosexuality, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. What is going on with us today? Many of these so-called churches, these false churches, that lay claim to connectivity to the Holy Spirit, uh, to, to heaven through the Holy Spirit, their destruction is settled. A church where the, the pastor can engage in all manner of immoral and amoral things and say that it is okay and everybody is copying that fellow, their destruction is settled. Verse 8, likewise also, these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Here we are speaking of heavenly beings. They defile their bodies. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit with fornication, with adultery, even looking and lusting after women, maybe not the physical, but looking and lusting after members of the opposite sex. They reject the authority of God, either in the world or whoever God has placed in authority. Verse 9. Yet, Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, did not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves. Some people just speak the Bible, they don't understand what the scriptures are saying, they just bring their natural thinking and say they're interpreting scriptures, and put they, both themselves and their listeners into trouble. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Cain was the one that killed his brother Abel, who, when God told him to go and repent, instead of repenting, he went to discuss with Abel and, and smote him. They have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit. Balaam was the man whom God said, don't go somewhere. But when they sent more honorable men and offered greater, greater reward, Balaam ran greedily to go and prophesy, to curse Israel. But God refused it to happen. And they perished in the rebellion of Korah. These were people, Korah was a man who assumed so much because he was a Levite. He thought that he could usurp Moses' authority and led a rebellion that, that cost 250 himself, at first himself, uh, Dathan and, and uh, Abiram and their families to be swallowed up by, by the ground. And then another 250 who laid claim to the authority of Aaron to be destroyed by fire when they challenged the authority of Aaron in the wilderness. Verse 12, these are sports in your love feasts, while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots. These are what they call dead, dead trees. Nothing is happening there. They are just there. Nothing is They are dead. And they have been plucked up by the trees on the ground. Raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame. Wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way 
and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against God. It's against him, that's God. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause division, not having the spirit. That is the crucial part. The reason why you find all of these traits in these people is because they do not have any connectivity whatsoever. Remember what we said at the beginning, the Holy Spirit is the connectivity. These ones have no connectivity whatsoever. They mouth the Holy Spirit and yet they do something different. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 to 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, from verse 1 through to verse 5, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. We are not here to play to the gallery. We are not going to tell you a lie because we want you to jump up. We are not handling the word of God deceitfully. We want to speak the truth to you. And allow you by, the, by your conscience and the spirit of God to know whether what we are speaking is the truth or not. Look at verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled or hidden or covered, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Even when we speak the truth, if they will not hear the truth, it is because they are perishing. If they cannot understand the truth, it is because they are, going to, they are going to be doomed. Do you know that even people who are not believers, who are not born again, when you speak the word of God, and they are not going to perish, that's how you know they will not perish. They, they, they sit down and listen. They may not be born again, but they, 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 at least they take some time off. So you can say there is hope for them. There are some people, it doesn't matter what you say, they don't want to listen. But my prayer is that God will bring them to the place of repentance in Jesus' name. Amen. In verse 4, it talks about these hearers, or these this, this false, whether, whether false ministers or false brethren, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Do you know that all we need for the revelation of God to come upon us is belief, to believe the word of God. We may not understand it, just believe it, and suddenly you discover that God gives you illumination, gives you understanding, and opens you up to the scriptures. In verse 5 it says, for we do not preach ourselves, but what? Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your born servants, for Jesus' sake. If a man has true connectivity, his focus will be on God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 to 4, Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed, you do bear with me. Here he is addressing the, the, the Corinthian church. In this second letter, they had, they had grieved uh, Paul. They had done all kinds of things. And this was as a result of some false ministers whom they had given access to. They actually, opened the, they actually opened the doors of the church and told them as they were gathering, these false people came and they said, okay, sit down among us and teach us. And they, they listened to them. So that's what Paul is saying there. He's trying to address that. He says, oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed, you do bear with me. You have to bear with me. For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. 
But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted with the simplicity that is in Christ. Many people cannot understand the simplicity of the gospel. They cannot appreciate the simplicity of Christ. That's why we, 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 have, to, we have to dress in gold. Just, just, look at, just look at many of the orthodox churches today. The robes that they show, the, the apparel that they must put on before they minister. They, they want to take us back to the times of the Old Testament when the priests had to be dressed in, the, in, in robes for beauty and, and, and for glory. But that is not the case today. It is not about what you put on. So people have been deceived as Eve was deceived. He says, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted with the simplicity that is in the... This gospel is so simple that if you tell somebody, let us pray on this, they, don't, they, they, they can't believe that that prayer they are going to pray will resolve an issue. So what do, what do we have today? People start giving people handkerchiefs, start giving people oil, start telling people something to do, and do this, bring sand, go and when you get home, open the bathroom, pour water, and begin to speak. And what is all of that? The simplicity of just saying, Father, in the name of Jesus... I thank you for this. I release your power by your spirit, Lord, to flush out this house in the name of Jesus. Amen. They can't accept that. The man must come to that house and carry a bottle of oil, carry water. If possible, carry uh, anything he carries. They're happy. And then he sprays every room. And as he sprays every room, he's making a pronouncement and he's sweating. They do the hair, holding the handkerchief to, to dab his face. Yes, he's walking. That's what they want. But the simplicity of praying a simple prayer. Say, Father, have mercy on these people and just show them kindness. I flush out everything. They can't understand that. That's why you see people going for deliverance after salvation. Your salvation included total deliverance. Except you go back into sin. Verse 4. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. They were, up, they were putting up with it. That's what he's saying. They heard the wrong doctrine. They didn't say, bro, that doctrine is false. You remember uh, Priscilla and Aquila? When was his name now? Apollos, a mighty word, came to the, to the gathering and began to pray. And they heard the word saying, no, 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 no. They called him aside and taught him more excellently. This is the word of God. But these people permitted it. And all manner of things were happening in the church. So Paul had to address these issues. Verse, let's go to verse 13 and read through to 15. It says of these people, for such are false apostles. They don't write it on the head, but you can see it. Because they are preaching a different gospel. They are practicing a different, a, a different Bible. They, they come up with all kinds of satanic and occultic practices. And they claim to it as though that is the word of God. But you can't find it anywhere in the scriptures. It says, for such are false apostles. Forget about the big title, forget about the, the Agbada and everything. They are false apostles. Deceitful workers. Transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself, their master, transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. And then we read from verse 17 to the end. And we see the marked difference between these false apostles and the true apostle. And we can relate it to today. We can see it glaringly. What I speak, I speak not according to the Lord, but as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting. He was speaking of, he said, look, I'm not speaking, I'm speaking because what I'm saying here is I'm, I, 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 it, I'm boasting, which I should not. Do you understand that? The, the true apostle understands that he's not called to boast. So Paul was saying, I, I, because what I'm doing is foolish, 
I should not. But since you permit boasters, let me, maybe that's the only way you will understand what I'm saying. So let me boast a little bit. And let's look at Paul's boastings. He says, seeing that many boast according to the flesh, I also will boast. For you put up with fools gladly, since you yourselves are wise. Eh? With all your wisdom, you allow men to come and boast. Where in the Bible does, is boasting permitted? The Bible says God has saved all of us, that no man should boast. So why is a man boasting of having spiritual gifts? Where, does he bo- where, where is the boasting? Did he go and work for it? It was bestowed on him. Thank God he put it to practice good. But he's making nonsense of it. The moment he begins to acquire it to himself, as though he's the only, the only one that can apply it. The body of Christ is, as you all said here, we are all loaded with spiritual gifts. Whether we know it or not is a different matter. But we are all loaded with it. In verse 20 it says, For you put up with it. If one brings you into bondage, if one devours you, if one takes from you, if one exalts himself, if one strikes you on the face. But not a true, they won't, they won't listen to a true minister. But they will listen to those people who will tell them all kinds of deceiving things. They will accept. They will put up with them. They, they are happy. They will go there and say, I receive, I receive. I receiving what? They take all their monies. I think I've said this before. There's, there, I don't know if they still do it. There, there was a church in, in, in Uyo. I, w- I was told that their service, the place is full. The pastor will say, it's going to count up to 10. For those who are going to bring, everybody waiting to hear, 10 million, 10 million, 10 million. Going, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. They will rush to the front. People want to give money. That is service. People put up with that. But then somebody comes and brings the simplicity of the gospel. They just turn their face. That's when they want to sleep. They, they can't take it. So he says, let me, let me behave like them. Even though it's a foolish conduct. Let me behave like them. Verse 21. To our shame I say that we were too weak for that. But in whatever anyone is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. He was saying, well, it's to your shame. You, that, is that how you wanted us to behave? You, you actually wanted us to come and tell you in this recession, you have to sow to receive. Oh yeah, start sowing. Look, people must sow out of pain. If there's no pain, there's no gain. Empty your account. You will receive an alert. From where? You didn't work. You didn't do anything. That's why many people were saying, MMM is a prayer. It's an answer to prayer. Which prayer? That's a fraudulent thing. Uh, don't relax, so relax, so don't tell them it's a scratch there too. There's hope, there's hope, don't worry. In January, it's January that we will see suicide rates will go up. No, just relax, relax. There's hope, there's hope. It's just, it's just frozen temporarily. Verse 22. And now look at his boasting. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Because these were people who were of the Pharisees, who said they are born again, who were now bringing all kinds of heretic things. Look, if, if I te- what, by the time we get to the death of Acts, you will see that what I am doing now, what we are doing now, is a teaching meeting. But a church meeting doesn't work like this. A church meeting, we all sit and gather around. What we do at cell meetings, that is a church meeting. This is a teaching meeting. Do you understand that? So the, these Pharisees came in and then began to introduce all kinds of heresies. Where did we get this notion that there must be a building called church? It's heretic. If there's a building, fine. We have no problem. Today, you can see the way... You see, when you, when you look at the word of God and the simplicity that's in gospel, if you don't apply it, you're going to run into trouble. Today, what are we doing now? We're now competing for who has the largest auditorium in the, in the world, in Nigeria, in Africa. That's what we're competing on now. Like the Europeans, we have abandoned the souls and are focusing on mortar. Our focus now is cement. So all the money we are collecting is to put in cement. Meanwhile, souls are perishing. There is no money to send missionaries out because we have put all the money in, in brick and mortar. We can't send anybody anywhere. We are putting up buildings. But the true church of God, they met anywhere. 
There was no all this expenditure that we were spending on microphones and this. If you, if you can afford it, fine. But we are spending too much money on a building when what we should be spending is the energy on souls. So he's saying, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. So we could use that. Have they gone to Bible school? So have I. Even though I know that, I shouldn't be boasting. Do you understand? But that is how they've been boasting. And people sat down and listened. So, but is the Bible school you are looking for? I went to Bible school. Is it signs and wonders you want? We have done signs and wonders. Do you understand? That's, this was what Paul was trying to say to them. That you, you tolerate these people. Even though what they are bringing is no, is no gospel at all. But you sit down there and listen to them. So sit down and listen to me. And if you want my credentials, let me supply you with my credentials. Verse 23. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. I am more. Now look at what a minister of Christ is supposed to do. In labor. What? More abundantly. In stripes. Above measure. Have they allowed themselves to be beaten? No. If police comes to arrest them, will they not bribe their way out? That's what he's saying here. In prisons, more frequently. In deaths, often. Many times. It's as if I've, I've, I've been killed. Verse 24. From the Jews, five times, I received 40 stripes minus one. From the Jews. They flogged him. 39 strokes. Five different times. So can you imagine what was at, uh, behind the back of, Saul, uh, of Paul? That's why in Galatians he said, Look, let no man trouble me. I bear in my body the mark of Christ, the, the true mark, the beatings I receive of Christ. Don't disturb me anymore. It's not the one that we say, I bear the mark of Christ. Where is the mark of Christ? Oh, one day that I went to church, the man was just talking. He was just talking. For four hours we were in church. That's the mark of Christ. You haven't seen mark yet. Verse 25. Three times I was beaten with rods. Rods, not cane. Rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. Would you hear somebody tell you that he was shipwrecked? Three times. And they say they have invited him to come and preach in your church. I can guarantee you that between 80 and 90% of the church will either be sleeping, doing something else, or walking away. Because they are wondering what is he coming to tell us. It's prosperity we came to hear. And this man wants to preach to us. What is he going to say? Is what, is a what you are going to hear is a message of suffering. Verse 26. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Just look at the, the perils that Paul found himself in. The perils that if you are a true minister of God, these are things that we should expect. Verse 27. In weariness and toil, in sleeplessness, often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings, often, in cold and nakedness. Did you see there that he hungered? Did you see where, it, where he said that, I, in fact, I never hungered once? He hungered many times as distinct from fasting. There were times when he fasted. There were times when he was not fasting, but he was hungry. He had no, no need. He, he, he had no provision. Did he, did he even depart from God? No. He knew that God had called him to live that life as an example. Leadership is example. Don't tell me you're a leader if you cannot show a proper example. You cannot live as Christ lived, then you are no leader. That's why Christ is the greatest leader that has ever been on earth. He didn't wear any apparel, any gold apparel. He didn't dress. Uh, he didn't allow an air of importance around him. So much so that when he came to betray him, they needed an insider to say, this is him. If it was so obvious, they, would, they wouldn't need anybody. They would have picked him up. He wore the same dragged robes that the people of those days wore. That the common people wore. Verse 28. Besides the other things... What comes upon me daily? Do you see that his list didn't finish? There were daily issues. 
that came upon him. Maybe challenges you. One brother complained about this. One sister complained about this. In different areas, all kinds of letters flying in and out. People abusing him. People insulting him. He kept quiet. He said, my deep... And then, what are these other matters? Some of them included, my deep concern for all the churches. Whether he planted them or not. As long as believers were gathered in a place, he had deep concern for them. Praying. He prayed concerning the, 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 the church in Rome. Even though he, had, he didn't start it, he had never been there. He wrote Romans to a church he had never been to. And eventually, God took him to Rome. And we know the last chapter in Acts, that they came to Paul in his rented apartment, and he taught them. Verse 29. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble, and I do not burn with indignation? Who is it among the children of God that is made to stumble, and I am not burning with indignation? Verse 30. If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. Do you see what his boasting was? His boasting was not in how many cars he had. His boasting was in the sufferings for Christ. A true minister of God, his boasting is in Christ. It's not in things. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under Aretas, the king, was guarding the city of the Damascenes with a garrison, desiring to arrest me. But I was let down in a basket, an apostle, in a basket, through a window in the wall, and escaped from his hands. You want to talk of ministry? Paul is telling you, this, this is my ministry. This is my ministry. That's what Paul is saying. In Philippians chapter 3, from verse 17, he said, Brethren, join in following my example, and note those who so walk, as you have us for a pattern. Note all those who are following this pattern of walk. These are the people who have connectivity. Connectivity, that is the Holy Spirit linking you with heaven, does not mean that you will not suffer. Does not mean that the world will not stone you. Does not mean that the world will not despise you. Indeed, we should become weary when the world is happy about a particular church. Something is wrong. It's just not scriptural. And Elijah comes to a church. Every time the Elijah will come to church, does not give her life to Christ, but is coming there because you are telling her she can be rich, she can this, she can that. What are you doing there? Verse 18. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. When you talk of crucifying the flesh, they don't want to hear that. You say, what kind of message is that? Are we, are we going to kill ourselves again? What are these people talking about? They don't know what they are talking about. They're just preaching. All these, all these people just pick up the Bible and preach whatever. Look at verse 19. Whose end is destruction? Whose God is their belly. They are in this for the, for the sake of their belly. We must not be like that. When you are sitting down in a church and all that is your focus is your belly. I'm not just talking of food. My business. How money will come in. How I'm going to become something. All that's all you are thinking of. You have joined them. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. Whose glory is in their shame. Who set their mind on earthly things. These are false prophets. False ministers. Run away from them. Avoid them as much as you can. Don't, don't entertain them. Don't engage them in any, any discussion where you are going to have an argument. First John chapter 4 from verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many have gone out into the world. So how are we to live our lives now? We must have a sift. Sifting people who are speaking to us. Anybody come in and say, Oh, my brother, how are you? I'm a believer. Good. In fact, I'm a man of God. 
when I prophesy things happen in people's lives, your tentacles should be up immediately. Because one of the things we've noted here is that a true minister of God does not boast himself. If he's boasting at all, it's about Christ. Not himself. He doesn't boast. He doesn't speak about himself. Go and ask of me. I've raised 20 people from dead, from, 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 from the grave. That's what I've been doing. And I can tell you that I can resurrect your business. You have seen such people. Do not believe every spirit. You need to test the spirits. You must test. Anybody says, I'm speaking by the Holy Spirit. Put it to test. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Anybody who has connectivity cannot quarrel with the first advent of Christ. That is the first coming that he has come already. He, doesn't, he cannot quarrel with that. Anybody who says that Jesus has not come at all, that he is yet to come, you have already seen an antichrist. You have seen the one who is operating by a wrong spirit, whose connectivity, whose claim to connectivity is false. Verse 3, And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Spirits are already here, trying to twist things, come up with, with their own gospel. In verse 4 it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, these, these evil ones. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. If truly Christ is in you, you can't listen to such hogwash. But if the spirit of the world is in you, then you have no choice but to listen to the world. It says, they are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world. And what happens? The world hears them. Are people, they go there. <laughs> when the man speaks like this, people, the world, they hear such people. The Lord Jesus has warned us. said, the world will not hear you because you are not of the world. In verse 6, we are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You remember, at one time, Paul was in a city and there was great opposition. The spirit of God came and told Paul, stay in this city. I have many people. They were not born again, but God had identified his people. That's what he's saying here. Those who, are, who God has identified, they will listen to you. They may be smoking in their head now, but they will listen to you. They may be drinking beer now. But they will listen to you. Because God has earmarked them for salvation. Some people may be teetotalers. That is, they don't drink, they don't, they don't do anything. But the wickedness in them, they won't listen to you. Because they are not of God. God already knows his own people. And Paul stayed in that city, I think one and a half years or so. And the, the, in fact, indeed, I think it was this Corinth. It was Corinth. So you can see how Satan began to do over time in Corinth. Because of what God was. God said, I have so many people in it. Just stay, stay, don't go away, don't go away. Stay, don't be discouraged, stay. I have, I have met many people here. In, in the particular, in, a, in Jerusalem, when he got to Jerusalem, God told him, go, go away from this. They won't listen to you. They won't take it. But he, he was too slow. They arrested him. So they won't hear, they won't take this word from you. Leave the city. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't allow ourselves to be fooled by all kinds of things. In First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. They were once in the faith, but what did they do? They departed. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. We're in the last days now. And many people are leaving the faith. But they are still in church. They are now giving heed to deceiving spirits. To the doctrines of demons. After a while, they leave the church and go and start a church. And start teaching their heresy. And their churches are free. I listened to a man of God who was preaching once. He was teaching somewhere once. He said one time, he began to be concerned and was asking the Lord that, ah, but these churches that people seem to say that, uh, nothing, that uh, they are not of God, they seem to be able to, uh, what's it called now? They seem to be doing well. Look at people around. And he said, God now told him that 
You know, there's a difference between a, a grass and a wheat. Difference between when something is truly, truly growing and when something is not growing. It's a grass. Before you open your eye, boom. You know, if you don't clear this place now, you leave it for a few minutes, a few months, rain falls, what will happen? Grass is all over the place. But if you want to plant something that you will eat, you need to cultivate it. You need to stand watch. Make sure that they are clearing things around. A lot of work is required. You don't need work to grow grass. Just leave it there. Grass will come. There are such like that. They are just like grass. How, how did it happen? But there is nothing of value in them. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is to claim to be something and to be doing something else. These people are liars. But they come as though they are speaking the truth. And yet it's lies. So they are in hypocrisy. Having their own conscience seared with the hot iron. Forbidding to marry. And commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. There are foods that God has said we can eat. But they say, no, don't eat it. Some of them are, are doctors. They come and tell us the, the, what is causing our body. God did not tell us it's causing anything in our body. But they tell us it causes something in our body. Food that God gave to us. If you go to every continent, every nation, every town, there, is, there are crops peculiar to those places. So how can somebody say, don't eat that? Because they want to market their own or what? We need to be very, very careful. These people are all over the place, doing their own thing as it pleases them. Laying claim to connectivity to heaven by the Spirit of God. In Matthew chapter 15, from verse 2, let's take it from verse 1. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? Do you see where their issue was? That they were, they, they were, they were contravening the traditions of the elders. Why do, they, why do they not listen to the traditions of our church? But it says, you are contravening the, the commandments of God by your tradition. How can a church have a, a doctrine that is contrary to the doctrine of Christ? And we call that a church. That is not the church of God. That's a false church. Every doctrine of a church is from the written word of God. The Bible has warned us. Test every spirit. Nobody should come and tell you that I received this by revelation. Revelation is inside the Bible. If there is no revelation from the scriptures of what you have been told from the scriptures, please cancel it out. It doesn't matter how strongly worded that thing may be. Verse 4. For God commanded saying, Honor your father and your mother. And he who curses, who curses father or mother... Let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. That is the thing I should have given to you. I gave it to God. Then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. You can't tell a... a, a it, it, is, it is wrong for us to tell young people to not listen to their parents. We tell them to listen to their parents. I was doing evangelism one day. I saw one young girl dressed scantily, 18 years old. And I was looking at her. I have, a, I have, a, I have a, a, a niece who is that age. And I was racking my head at what's going on here. So, and your parents allowed you, and she's not living, she's not living in, she's living on her own. So, and your parents allowed you? She said, yes. I said, which parents? That, 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 you're, that it's not possible. But at the end of the day, she, she, she agreed. Why would a young girl need to leave the house? Because she wants to live on her own. Contrary to how the parents will supervise her. Why, why, do we, why do we entertain such things? Hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, 
teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You see, many of us think that worship is about coming to stand and sing. No, 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 no. Worship goes beyond your singing. Worship is about you as a person in relation to God. Worship is about what we are doing. If, if, if what I am teaching, and by the grace of God it is, is the doctrine of Christ, what are we doing now? We are engaging in worship because we are paying heed to God. Because it's His Word. So worship is more than just singing. When I come to arrange this church auditorium, it's my, it's my act of worship before God. Whatever I do to please God, whatever I do that is rather pleasing to God, is an act of worship. That's why the Bible says that we should be sanctified, spirit, soul, and body. So that every act that we do before God is acceptable to Him. You're not being sanctified can scatter even a righteous act and make it to become unrighteous. But we have in our midst people who are taking a different course of action and wanting us to follow it. The Bible is so particular about us being careful of these uh, false ministers, false preachers, and so on and so forth. And even of false brethren. And you heard Paul, when Paul said about how false brethren even came against him. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Christ accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You cannot say Christ is accursed if the Spirit of God is in you. Now, somebody might ask, so what will stop them from saying it? It's not so much as the speech as in your actions. Do you understand? When we refuse to follow the word of God, we are saying Christ is accursed. That's what we are saying. When we refuse to honor the word of God, his commandments, like we heard last week, we are saying Jesus is not Lord. You know, there are churches that when you see their billboard, after they've done everything, they put at the bottom, Jesus is Lord. No, he's not. Because they put their photographs there. They do all kinds of things that God did not ask. And they put, yet they put at the, at the bottom of it, Jesus is Lord. That's a false claim to connectivity. And that's the emphasis here. Who says we, be, we should be careful. Even when we were led to these dumb idols, the, dumb, the priests of these dumb idols were prophesying to us. Is that not true? They said, ah, this is what uh, the gods are saying. Do, this and this and this and this is what you do. And we, 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 were, we were listening to them. Now we are born again. And we still want to be led by such men. How does a man tell you that you should travel to your, to your village and bring sand from your village? That they will pray over the sand in your village. And you tell me that th- that man is of Christ? He's not of Christ. Be careful. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, the Bible is so replete of these things that we, we, we have to be wondering which one to bring in and what is, what is the point we are trying to emphasize. From verse 1. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. What are these times? For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Avoid them. When you see people who love themselves more than God, avoid them. When you see people who are lovers of money, run far away from them. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, people who are disobedient to their parents, avoid them. A young man says that, I, I, I left home. 
because um, I didn't like the way my father and my mother were behaving and comes to shack up with you, kick him out of your house. Tell him to return to his house and go and submit himself to his parents. A, 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 a maid runs to you and says, my madam is ill-treating me. Send her back. I'm not your madam. Go back to your madam. Go and submit to your madam. That's what those people told her. What's her name now? Huh? Uh, Hagar, when she, when she fled from Sarah, said, go and submit to your, to your madam. We need to start teaching the correct word of God. The fact that you are serving a, be- a believer does not mean you should treat him with filthy hands. You should honor him the more. We, we read that some, 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 uh, some weeks back. For the sake of Christ, in Matthew chapter 7, the Lord Jesus identifies them more bluntly. He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep clothing, in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Outwardly you can never identify them. Because who they are is where? Is inside. You will know them by their fruits. And then he uses an example. He says, do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. I think there was one program my wife and I were watching once. Okay, no, there was a, a video. A YouTube video. People were talking about uh, all these Illuminati and uh, uh, false gospels and false preachings and whatever. And they showed a girl who was singing praise to God. The next instant, she, was, she, used, the, she used the swear word right on the altar of God by their foot. Some people, you know, the Bible says that even a fool, when he keeps quiet, is considered perceptive, is considered wise. That allow him to open his mouth. That's when you know he's okay. There are people around you. You look at them. They seem to be okay. Just let one small thing happen. That's when you know who they are. The recession. This recession has brought up so many things. Things that we didn't know were in people. It's brought it out. I didn't know that some Christians would insult their president. I never knew they would do that. But I, but I read it every day. People who say they are pastors. They are forever posting on, on Twitter and on Facebook. At the end of the day, when you, when you do a research on them, these are people who benefited from corruption. And they are pastors. Because they have no access to free money again. That's all. Suddenly, suddenly, the fruit, what was hidden in them that we didn't know, is beginning to come out. Verse 18. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. What is he saying there? If you see bad fruit, the tree is bad. If you see good fruit, the tree is good. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. I think I've mentioned this before. That one of the, one of the failings of Christianity in our time today is the lack of fruit inspection. Somebody comes and says he's a man of God. You don't sit down to inspect the fruit. Because what he said excites you or agrees with you, you swallow it hook, line and sink. I say, yes, that's a man of God. You need to inspect for fruit. Says the man of God, okay. If you engage him in five minutes of conversation, you will discuss doctrine. You will know. You will discuss a few things. You will know. A man walks up to you. He says, I can see, I can see that your future is bright. Ah! That your mother is the one hindering you. You have a you. John 16 verse 13. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. Not that. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. For he will take what is mine, what, uh, take of what is mine and declare to you. Not those two things. Number one, he will not speak on his own authority. Number two, he will glorify me. A false minister speaks, claims authority for his speech. False does not claim authority. Tells us is the word of Christ. is the word of God. You know how he's described? The spirit of God. The spirit of Christ. The spirit of Jesus. Secondly, 
he will glorify Christ. We're, we're discussing in our cell meeting on Friday that one of the reasons why it seems that why many believers ignore the Holy Spirit is he's a mystery to many of us. We don't even see him. We don't even hear him. He's talking so much about Christ. Talking so much about God the Father. And very little about himself. We really have to find Christ speaking about him. He will glorify me. He will glorify Christ. But what do you find amongst false ministers? They glorify themselves. Remember what Paul was saying. That it's foolish for me to boast. They boast. They speak of what they can do. But the true minister speaks of what God has done in him and what God can do in you. So we need, we need to begin to note these things because they are very, very present with us. All manner of people come in to say all kinds of things and we, just, and we listen to them. We don't inspect their fruit. We don't test them. We don't test the spirit to find out what is happening or what is not happening. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 10, the Holy Spirit gave us a powerful resource. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 10. The Bible says, To another... The working of talking of spiritual gifts here. To another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. When you look at even the people who did the arrangement of spiritual gifts into nine, into groupings, and spoke of three groups, they spoke of word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. You see that it's not close to where it is supposed to be. Then they speak of faith. Speak of uh, healings and speak of miracles. Those ones are together. Then they speak of vocal gifts. Prophecy, tongues and interpretation. And when you look at it inside, prophecy, tongues and interpretation, what do you find there? The sending of spirits. The, they didn't put him where he should be. They put him here. There's a reason why it's locked in between there. Because when somebody is prophesying, you should be able to discern whether he's prophesying right. When somebody is speaking in tongues, you should be able to discern. When somebody is giving interpretation, you should be able to discern. This gift of the sin of spirits is badly needed in the end time. But one of the things I've discovered with people who even try to apply the sending of spirits as a gift, they only know how to discern negative spirits in other people, not in them. And there's a lot of negative spirits in such people. So we need to strike a balance. We must be able to discern there are all kinds of spirits. There's one Holy Spirit, but several other kinds of spirits. Come with me in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 12 to 14. 1 Corinthians 2, from verse 12 to 14. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Pause. Have you seen there's a spirit of the world that leads men into worldliness, that leads men to do worldly things, that leads men to say, Rankadede to a criminal and insult a hardworking person. But the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. When you are prayed by another spirit apart from the spirit of God, that's when you go about for deliverance. The spirit of God will tell you, you were delivered that day you knelt down at the altar. That day you committed your heart to Christ, your deliverance was total and complete. What you now need is information by way of teachings. Not that anybody will lay hands on you again. Verse 13, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches. There's a wisdom of men. That's another spirit. The wisdom of men speak to us about how we are to keep ourselves in good health. I'm not saying it, I'm not saying that all of it is bad. But in the middle of it, they now introduce something. How can somebody who does not know my internals be telling me how to take care of it? Does he know how God made me? Do you know that you are different from me? That the thing that is poisonous to me may not be poisonous to you. Do you know that? But these doctors don't they don't know that. They just assume that it's poisonous to everybody. The thing that they say is healthy for A may be very dangerous to me. 
So the fact that A is eating something, I need to hear from God about eating it. Do you understand that? I don't consume it because people are consuming it. No. Why, why, why do we have so rampant these days? You hear a five-year-old has cancer. How? Was the mother's womb cancerous? Did he acquire it? From where did he acquire What was his eating habit that he suddenly developed cancer? We must recognize when satanic spirits are attacking. If we had a meter that reads, you know, there's, there's a meter. If you look at a car gauge or you look at a um, fuel pump or something, there's a meter that it, it begins to read red as the fuel is going low. It begins to shine a light. If we go to our prayer meter, it is not just shining amber. It is on red. We are about to pack up any moment from now. We don't know. We are not perceptive. We are not discerning. Because our prayer meter is low. The spirit of God is in manifestation. We say it's an evil spirit. An evil spirit is in, is in manifestation. We say it's the Holy Spirit. Because we are not, we are not in prayer. We are not in communion with the Father. These things we also speak. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches. But which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. You want to understand spiritual things. You better go to the Holy Spirit. Many of the things that we can use to describe spiritual things naturally, fall, they always fall short. Always fall short. So at best, they are elementary by way of description. So go to the Holy Spirit. He will tell you deep spiritual truth. In verse 14 it says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Even if he's in church. There are people in church. As the word of God is going on, you will hear them say, if, you, if God opened your ears in their hearts, I'm not interested in that thing that they say. I'm not listening to that thing. I beg, where's my phone? That's when they say, let me send, let me send the SMS. And they say, what can I send? They refuse to receive. Why? They are natural men. Even if they are in church. Not everybody in church is spiritual. For they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them. Because they are spiritually what? Discerned. There is discernment of spirits and there is discernment. Discernment from the word of God. You can discern. You can tell. Maybe his conduct. Maybe the way he is saying something. Maybe what he has said, that's discernment. Discerning of spirits is a different thing from discernment. I must let you know that. Discerning of spirits is God giving you information directly. If they ask you how you know, you cannot tell anybody this is what the fellow is doing. And that's because by the time you realize it, it might be too late. So the Holy Spirit warns you in advance. My spirit is not there. But if you say, eh, but, 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 you're on your own. They will tell you, my spirit is not there. That is discerning of spirits. Discernment is where... Through the word of God. As you are reading the word of God, you are expecting fruit. I don't see fruit. That's, you, are, you are discerning. I don't see fruit. You, put a, you, you, you query that prophecy. Because you have not seen the fruit. You query it in one corner. You wait for another one. You hear another prophecy. You look at the fellow again. You query it again. By the third time, you say, I beg. Let's, let's change channel, change channel, change channel. I beg. So that my spirit is not grieved by what is coming out. Look at First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 29. He's talking about how people should speak in the church of God. Let two or three prophets speak. Who is a prophet? We're not talking of the office of prophet now. A prophet is one who speaks forth by the Spirit of God. Right? He says, let two or three speak. And what should happen? And let the others judge. You can judge prophecy. You can judge what is being said. So that if the prophet has stationed his people around the church... You can, all of you sit down and judge. You don't say, oh, he's a man of God. We don't judge. You, is it not in the Bible? Judge. Because in terms of tongues, the Bible says that two or three can speak in tongues. Right? One is speaking in tongues. Says, but once another person gets up, the fellow who was speaking before, what do you do? Keep quiet. Let this man speak. When he speaks, he sits down. The next person who is speaking, 
If he speaks in tongues again, he must interpret. Otherwise, all three put them aside. Don't even, don't even listen to anybody. You must after even with the interpretation, all of us who are hearing must now judge. The reason is it is possible that while somebody was speaking in tongues, you were receiving something in your spirit man, but you couldn't really articulate it. The second fellow spoke and you were receiving a similar thing, but you still could not articulate. It. By the time the third person was speaking, he was speaking what you were trying to articulate in your mind, which you didn't get right. And you can judge and say, indeed, what, you have, what I've heard is from the Spirit of God. Otherwise, people will do those things. Usually they come into church and begin to prophesy, prophesy. After prophesying once, twice, three times, everybody says, that's a prophetess. Or that's a prophet. In the church of God. We have not, we have not tested you for fruit. We have not done, but we say, yes, then we yield the pulpit and say, go and preach. And then we sit down under Jezebel. And what follows us is immorality and iniquity. This was necessary because the Corinthian church, they were going bonkers. They were doing all manner of things. And God decided to put order in the church of God. In 1 Kings chapter 22, we, won't, we may not have time to read all of it, from verse 2 to 29, to 23 rather. 1 Kings 22 from 2 to 23. is the story of Micaiah and Ahab's 400 prophets. Ahab wanted to go to war. And I think Josephus also said, let them consult God now. So Ahab brought his 400 prophets of Baal. And they came and told Ahab to go. They even did horns with metal. I said, this is how you are going to use your horn to push them back. Push them back. I see the horns. After they were prophesying and prophesying and prophesying, Josephus, something must have been saying to Josephus, there is something wrong here. So Josephus asked Ahab, don't you have a prophet of God? So he knew these were not prophets of God. Ahab said, don't, want, don't mind that prophet. He doesn't tell me, he doesn't tell me things I want to hear. He doesn't speak good to me. Ahab said, don't say that. Let's send for him. So they sent for Micaiah. When Micaiah was on the way, the servant said, the other prophets are telling Ahab to go to war. Please, tell him what they are saying. So the, so the prophet said, well, was what God says I should say, I will say. So he got there. Ahab said, yes, Micaiah, should we go to war? God said, go, you will prosper. Ahab said, I have told you, stop telling me lies. You see, Ahab knew lies. Do, can you imagine that man? He knew they were lying to him, but he, he said, I have told you, tell me the truth. He said, oh, you want to hear the truth? Let me tell you the truth. You see these fellows there? There is a lying spirit in all of them. I was in a, in a council meeting as an onlooker, and I heard God say, how can we send Ahab to go and die? And the spirits around kept bringing in suggestions. Finally, one spirit said, I will go and be a lying spirit in the mouth of God. God said, go, you will succeed. Because God knew Ahab likes lies. He hates to hear the truth. He loves lies. So he said, you see all these your prophets? A lying spirit is in their mouth. One of them came and slapped him. Twice. Where did the spirit leave me to come to you? Oh. And Micaiah said, okay, no problem, sir. Ahab said they should lock him up and feed him with only bread and water. When he comes back, he will deal with him. Micaiah said, when you return, if you return, we will know whether I'm a prophet of God or not. Ahab died. The gift of the sign of spirits is something the spirit of God gives. You don't work it out, it's given to you. Bam! Is a gift we need today. We need to have descending of spirits in the body of Christ amongst believers because of this deception that is happening all around. Otherwise, we'll be like we'll, we'll be likewise deceived. In Acts chapter five, verse one to ten, we know the story very well. Ananias and Sapphira, they sold the possession. They decided to keep part of the proceeds. They sat down together, had a meeting himself and his wife. They agreed to keep back the proceeds, no problem. But the the issue was that. 
They now said, but what do we say? He said, well, when we present the matter to, to Peter, we should tell Peter that this is everything we saw. Look at verse 3. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? The land is your land, Abby. You sold the land. It's your money. Is that not so? Hey, so why do you lie to us? That is everything. Then we start saying, oh, brother Ananias gave up everything. He didn't give up everything. He kept back some. Please, who was speaking through Ananias? Eh? was Satan. That's what Peter said. He said, why has Satan filled your heart? You opened your heart to Satan to fill your heart. And you are standing before a servant of God and speaking. Look at what he said in verse, in verse 4. He said, while it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to who? To God. And instantly, bam, he fell down and died. I'm praying for those times to come back. So that the church can truly be small. So that people who are lying, they know that they are not going anywhere. Do you know that if somebody like that falls down and dies in your presence, as they are carrying his corpse away, people like him will follow them. Say, no, we won't follow them dig. They're following them. They're out of the church. We need it in the church. And you know, they carried him away. Now, about three hours later, the wife thinking that the husband is enjoying in one cool corner for bringing money to the church, now enters. She didn't know what had happened. Peter now asked her. That's so, did you people sell the land for so and so amount, the amount Ananias brought? She said, yes. <laughs> Look at verse 9. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door. They will carry you out. Look at verse 10. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her out, buried her by the, by the husband. Verse 11, I want, to, I want to read some verses to you now. Verse 11. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Verse, let's keep and read. Okay, let's read verse 12 and 13. We're going to 13. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Verse 13. Yet, none of the rest dared join them. But the people esteemed them highly. See, we won't join them. Why? We are not clean yet. Do you understand? Now, anybody is in church. We need to pray for the kind of revival that will begin to separate clean from unclean in the house of God. In Luke chapter 9, verse 54 and 55, we are looking at descending of spirits in operation. And when his disciples, John, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. Have you seen that it is not of God to kill people? It's a different spirit that is speaking to men to do such. It's not always, you don't know the kind of spirit that you are, that you are of. It's not the spirit of God walking in you. Some other spirit walking in you. Something is wrong with you people, the way you are speaking. Your speech tells us that you are of a different spirit. In Matthew 16, we, you remember that the Lord Jesus commended Peter when he said, Thou art the Christ, the, the Son of the living God. But later on, Peter now grabbed Jesus, when Jesus began to speak of suffering and his death, grabbed Jesus to one corner and began to rebuke him and say, ah, Why are you talking about these things? In verse 22 of Matthew chapter 16, 22 and 23, Then Peter took him aside, and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, 
Get behind me. Who? You are an offense to me. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. As far as the Spirit of God was revealing to Christ at that point in time, this is Satan speaking. This is not the Spirit of God speaking. You know why? The Spirit of God always wants you to glorify God. Always wants you to please God. But another spirit wants you to do contrary to God. And so, that spirit that was speaking to Christ was not the Holy Spirit, but Satan. The first time, revealing Christ. Who was revealing Christ? The Holy Spirit. But this time around, who was speaking? Satan. Mark chapter 1. So you can see the way the Lord Jesus himself was operating by this gift. Mark chapter 1, verse 23 through to 26. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out. The man had an unclean spirit, but nobody knew. He was always there. And the man cried out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you? Jesus of Nazareth, did you come here to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Somebody would have said, he's a, he's a, don't mind, you know, he's an aggressive brother. He's always, that's how he talks. He's always aggressive. You know, when he, when he sees a new person, he will just begin to say that, that the Bible tells us at the beginning, what was operating in him? An unclean that was responsible for the way he was talking. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Suddenly, suddenly the aggressive man was now come. The Lord Jesus discerned the spirit operating in him. But the other people said, no, that he is just an aggressive man. He doesn't hate you. He's just aggressive. You know, he, he comes from the house of, um, the house of, uh, what do we call them now? Maccabee. You know, that their house, they are very violent with the knife. So he doesn't carry knife. Because the, as he's coming to the house of God, the, the word of God is coming him down. So he's, he's, he's being delivered gradually. So right now, he doesn't, he doesn't act violently with knife again. His violence is with his voice. But the Lord said, what was operating in him was what? An unclean spirit. A filthy spirit. When a girl is dressing amorously, it's an unclean spirit. An immoral spirit that is operating in her. When you see a young man who is misbehaving, it's an unclean spirit operating in him. Now, I'm not saying to you now, that every, everything that happens, I say, unclean spirit near. You say, that is an unclean spirit. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. It's by what? Discerning. The spirit of God must tell you. If, you. if you are using discernment, then you are speaking by the word of God. But one thing I must also warn you of. The discerning of spirits cannot contradict discernment. In other words, what the spirit of God is telling you cannot contradict what is in the Bible. Acts 16, 16 to 18. We know this one very, very well. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This was a fortune teller and they said she was a prophetess. This girl followed Paul and us, that is Luke and the others, and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Has she said anything wrong here? No. no. She was actually speaking the truth. So it had to take the sign of spirits to find this out. That's why we're talking of discerning. Not by discernment you cannot find this out. By discernment you weigh it. She is speaking the truth. The only difference is that in discernment you will find that ah, but she does, but she's always prophesying and collecting money and giving to her master. Something is wrong. You 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 know you cannot pin it down. You can only be wondering. But here 
This is not the Spirit of God telling you. In verse 18, And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, Who was Paul addressing now? I command you, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. So don't spoil. Do you know that there are some churches that will shut down if demons are cast out? Because the pastor has been speaking by a spirit of divination. He has been prophesying by an unclean spirit. He has joined himself in affinity to the spirits of Ahab. The, 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 the prophets of Baal. That's what has happened. So when you talk of prophesying, prophetic prophet, prophet lie, that's what we are talking about. So let's conclude. The early apostles were concerned and very clear about the threats that false ministers and their false doctrines portend for the body of Christ. Since what they claim to be their connectivity is really Satan and therefore a false claim to the right connectivity, the Holy Spirit. The Bible is replete with warnings about these false ministers and their master, Satan. We would do well to heed these warnings. Therefore, we must very quickly and unequivocally disapprove of anyone whose character does not consistently align with the divine nature claiming to do the work of God. We must disavow messages ostensibly from the Holy Spirit if the messenger does not exhibit the divine nature. Please note, we must, we must discountenance the message because of the messenger. Do you understand? Because God cannot send a message by another, by that kind of messenger. Except, of course, you are a mad prophet that needs a donkey to speak to. Do you understand that? That's the only time such a thing can happen. But that you come to a, a, a child of God and say, Thus says the Lord. And we are looking at the man who is saying, Thus says the Lord. He just, they, they just tore his shirt because he's owing money somewhere. By, what do you call it now? By, by crooked means, so he lied that he wanted to pay his rent. They borrowed him money. He said he went to invest in the MMM. Then he now said, I want to prophesy into your life. You tell him, Oga, I think you need to go and prophesy into your account at MMM. You, 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 you are a prophet. You didn't see MMM, but you were investing in it. We must also disengage from people who claim to have heard a word from God if they or their source do not confess the deity and, the, and humanity, the first advent and the impending second coming of Jesus Christ. If the man does not agree that Christ is both God and man, please run away from that ministry. Because Christ is both God and man. He is God with a hum is God in a bodily form. God the Father and the Holy Spirit are spirits. But only Christ has a bodily form. That's why when men saw God in the Old Testament, we say that was the pre-incarnate Christ. He is the only one of the Godhead with a human body. So he's 100% human because he suffered on the cross. He suffered hunger. You remember the Bible tells us that one time he was hungry and was looking for fruit on a fig tree. He went through the things that we went through. But he was he's also God. Secondly, anybody that says Christ has not come at all. That ah, if we don't know, he hasn't come at all. Another one is coming. Throw him away. Anyone... Who disputes the second coming of Christ? Throw that fellow away. There's one fellow in America whose church I hear is swelling. He says that people don't understand the Bible. That he is the Christ coming who was supposed to come. What are you still doing in such a church? You have found an antichrist. He says 
that people don't understand the meaning of Antichrist. Antichrist means Christ coming again, that he is the Antichrist. Coming, he says he's the Antichrist. And says it means that Christ has come again, so he's Christ. And people are sitting in his church. And he's asking people to take the mark of 666. And they are going to tattoo it on their, on their neck, on their shoulders, on their backs. On the, it was on CNN. Do, do you see the problem we are having in the church? People who cannot discern. For any claim by such individuals to connectivity to heaven is false. So we must avoid them. Disavow them. Disengage from them. Don't be involved in whatever it is they say they, they are doing as ministry. We therefore need the gift of the discerning of spirits. So that we can know for a certainty false claims to the connectivity of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the discerning of spirits is given by the Holy Spirit. And requires that we are aligned with God and his word. If we are open to the Holy Spirit, he will reveal every false claim of connectivity through him, to, through him to heaven. He will tell us if we are open to him. But you know, if you are not yet yielded to the Spirit of God to correct anomalies in your life, you, do you, is it to tell you who is a false prophet that you want to be open to? That's why I said, you yourself must be in a right relationship to God and to uh, his word. He has given this gift of discerning of spirits to countless numbers over the centuries, as exemplified in the Bible. And we read them now. The case of Micaiah versus 400 prophets of Ahab. You can see from that example that it's not in the numbers. Every, ah, Pastor, everybody is saying, everybody is saying it doesn't mean it is God. Thank God Micaiah told us, allowed us to see that it is possible for a man to sit in council while God is speaking to spirits. God can take you up to heaven to see certain things. So that when you are coming to speak, you are speaking with authority from heaven. You remember Gabriel? When Gabriel spoke to Zechariah. And Zechariah was there. He said, ah, I stand before the God of the whole heavens. You don't know who I am. I speak with the authority of God. Stop speaking from now on. And he stopped. That's an angel. But speaking by authority. It's by that authority that we, we, we recognize the spirit of God. In manifestation. We talked about Peter and versus Ananias and Sapphira. The Lord... Versus the, the Zebedee brothers. The Lord and Peter. The Lord and the man possessed by an evil spirit in the synagogue. Who many said, oh, don't worry. He's, not, he's a harmless brother. He's just very aggressive towards people. You know, he, he doesn't make too many friends. He's a demon. How can you be in the church? And every time you are frowning. Every time you are frowning. You are in the church. You have no friends in the church. You can't make friends in the church. We need to check what spirit is operating in you. We don't see expressions of joy. You are angry at everything in the church. Something is wrong. And we've seen Peter, uh, Paul rather, and the girl who was possessed with the spirit of divination. To mention a few. This same gift has been given to us also. Do you know that if we are deceived, it is not the fault of God. It is our fault for not developing that gift of discerning of spirits. How do you develop it? Study the word of God. Get into fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Get to know how the spirit of God speaks. So that when he's telling you this one is possessed, you will know. And then, when you have heard that this one is possessed, you don't jump out and say, he's possessed, he's possessed. You watch. It is proven. When it is proven, you say, good, Holy Spirit, thank you. You receive another one. You watch. When it is proven, Holy Spirit, I thank you. Over time, you will know how the Spirit of God is speaking to you. So one day he says, this one is possessed. When the man is saying, you just walk away. You don't even wait to, because you know how he has proven to you over time. But we have not yet developed it. When he says this one is possessed, bang, that's how you talk about it. Then you sit down there. Ah, go away. You don't know what you're talking about. He's my bosom friend. 
Is that what we're talking about? So it means anybody who's your bosom friend cannot be possessed. We have received also that, that gift. Can I say this to you? If you have received the Holy Spirit, you have every opportunity to use, to manifest, or rather, the opportunity for the Spirit of God to manifest through you in any of these giftings is, is available at your disposal. So, don't tie yourself to, my gift is word of wisdom. No! That's not the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came, He came with a total package. The day word of wisdom is needed, He will use you to give word of wisdom. The day tongues are needed, He will use you to speak in an unknown tongue that the hearers will hear. Do you know there are tongues that hearers can hear? When the Lord wants to point out sin in a man's life, He will begin to speak in tongues through somebody. Nobody else will understand that language except that sinner. And it's a human language. So for example, let's say, I have committed a sin. Nobody knows it. But then God wants to show mercy upon me. Let's assume that I speak Chinese very well. Somebody will just stand up and begin to speak in tongues. As far as all of you are concerned, what is he doing? He's speaking in tongues. But I'm hearing what he's saying in Chinese. So that gifting works where there is a, a native of that language in the place. Living in sin. Do you understand that? Then it is released. But by and large, the tongues many of us speak are tongues of angels, which we don't even understand. But when you begin to speak in the tongues of men, then the man must be in that meeting. I heard a story once of a brother, of a young man. They said that man talks, that he is a good preacher, he talks a lot. He went to meet this man of God. And the man of God said that from the time he sat in front of that young man till he got up, he was talking. He was talking. He was talking. There was no control. Talk, 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 talk. So eventually, he said to the young man, don't worry, we have a meeting this evening. So that evening, they gathered to have the prayer meeting. It was just a prayer meeting. They just... So as they started to worship God, one girl from somewhere began to speak in tongues. When she finished, another one raised her voice and began to speak in tongues. And after they finished speaking in tongues, the young man got up and left the room. So they were wondering why he left. The next day, because the minister, the minister um, gave him accommodation. So the next day, they went to see the young man in his room. The young man said, something happened yesterday. He said, hey, what was it that happened? He began to tell the story. That those two girls, where are they from? They're from this village. They were speaking in my language. And that's why I came up to resolve my matter with God. That now I know I am saved. Before, he wasn't saved. He was just carrying the Bible all over the place, making noise, disturbing people. He said, now I know I am saved. He received the forgiveness of God that, that, that night and was saved. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit will help us to receive from him as the days are evil and the times very deceiving. So much so that if it were possible, even the very elect of God will be deceived. But thank God we cannot and will not be deceived if we are in a right and tight relationship with the Holy Spirit, with the Lord Jesus Christ, and with the Father God. Let us bow our heads to pray. As the Spirit of God has ministered to you today, that's why I want you to pray. Is it praying for the manifestation of the Spirit in discerning of spirits? Ask God about that. Is it the ability to discern through the Word? Talk to God about that. Is it that there is somebody who is deceiving you right now? Talk to God about that as well. But it is time to make sure, make certain that we do not go and swallow everything hook, line and sinker. That we are being told, I have connectivity. I have connectivity. 
This is a word straight from heaven. It is hot and smoky. It is fresh. And then when he civilizes it, it has nothing to do with the word of God. We should be able to know, lest we be deceived. We should be able to tell our friends who are in such occult meetings, who are in such clubs and cults, that look, my brother, let's look at the word of God together and see what the word of God says about this doctrine, about this teaching, about this matter. Does it agree with the word of God? If it doesn't agree with the word of God, then you can tell him, my brother, don't allow yourself to be deceived. You are in the wrong place. Come and open yourself up to the Holy Spirit and allow, and allow him to lead you aright. Let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord. The Spirit of God came to empower the apostles and they were empowered. Today we have the Holy Spirit also empowering us many. But many of us don't even recognize when the Spirit of God is in manifestation in our midst. We think always the person must shake. We think always the person must speak in tongues. But the Bible says the spirit, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. The same Spirit of God can manifest in one who is speaking gently. Can also manifest in one who has a loud voice. He can manifest in different forms, in different ways. But it is the same Holy Spirit. He can manifest in the ministry of ushering. He can manifest in the ministry of cleaning. He can manifest in any way and form. But it is the same Lord. That is seven. Let's talk to the Holy Spirit. Let's talk to God by His Spirit, rather, that He meet with us at the point of our need today. There are too many deceiving spirits in the world, and we must not give in to them. We need to pray and ask God for boldness, boldness to be able to withstand these lying spirits when they are in manifestation. Talk to the Lord, brethren. Talk to the Lord, brethren. Let's not allow ourselves to be deceived by all kinds of things. And if there still is the flesh in us, we need to start casting it out of our lives. We must cast out the spirit of the world in our lives. We must cast out the spirit that opens itself up, that, 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 that allows Satan to come into us, to be speaking negative things to us. We must cast those things out and yield only to the spirit of God. Talk to the Lord. Oh Father, help us. Glorify your name. In our midst, Lord. As you are speaking to us, Lord, glorify your name. Glorify your name. Glorify your name. Help us, Lord, to discern spirits in operation around us. Whether they be of God or of something else. Help us not to take at face value when men approach us telling us they are, they are, they are servants of God. Help us, Lord, to start testing for fruit amongst Christians. Or amongst those who say they are Christians. Particularly those who say they are servants of God. Those who lay claim to speaking by the Spirit of God, help us to know by discernment and discerning of spirits who these ones are. You have told us by your word that no one speaking by your Holy Spirit can say Christ is accursed. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by your Spirit and really mean it. Father, thank you. Blessed be your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. I want you to go home and pray more on these things. Because of timing and other things, we don't want, you know, we don't want to say, okay, let's take time and pray for 30 minutes or 40 minutes here. Go home and pray yourself. It's time for God to start revealing these things to us. Let's not be misled. Praise the Lord. God bless you.